<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. The American Theater Wings Tony goes to... And the Tony Award goes to... And the Tony goes to... Dear Evan Hansen. Memphis. Once. Avenue Q. Hamilton. Moulin Welcome to the next episode of Next Best Theater. We are joined by Lauren LaMagna, Nicole Ackman. Hi, everyone. Dan Bayer. Hello. And Cody Derricks. That's me, Lauren. I like to introduce yourself in the third person. Yeah. You gotta, you know, it's, you gotta be theatrical. It's theater here. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Play the part. You gotta. And happy Tony season. It's officially Tony season. On May 9th, the Tony Awards announced their nominations, where we saw some shows overperform, some shows underperformed, and some shows did exactly what we thought. And we figure now with a couple weeks until it's June 12th show, hosted by Academy Award winner Ariana DeBose, we Ooh. figured it's perfect time, which I do think we predicted, right? We can claim that. We did. And when the episode came out, yeah, when we recorded we it, it was it. before the announcement, but it came out after the announcement. So we sounded really smart. So we could take credit for it. <laughs> yeah, it was us. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So we figured now is the perfect time to run through the categories and how we figured who's going to win and who's going to not. And this will be a nice, fun episode kind of like how our predictions episode was previously, but a lot more spicier because we know the Tonys and now that we have real nominations, so we could figure out how the plays and the musicals will do. Yeah, and we're going to kick it off right away. We got 26 categories to go through, which is three more than the Oscars, so take that, Oscar. <laughs> so starting things off, we're going to start off with best sound design of a play. Nicole, who do you have predicted? So I kind of did a thing with my play predictions where when I wasn't positive who I thought was going to win, I defaulted to the Lehman trilogy. Yep, yeah, a wise a wise thing to do. <laughs> That's my yeah. that's my strategy too, Nicole. Okay, good. <laughs> that makes sense. But in in this case, I am actually predicting Dana H. I totally get that. That's my second. Yeah. That's my runner-up prediction. Because it's like runner-up as well, it got that semi-surprise um, nomination for best director of a play, even if it didn't get into best play itself. Right. And for anybody who's listening who doesn't really understand the concept sound-wise, the whole play is a essentially a lip-synced long-form monologue by one actress on stage who is synced up to a recording and is performing the actions of speaking, but is not actually speaking. It's very, you know, the whole play is underlined by sound. Yeah, which is why I'm I'm picking it. Although, like, it could very easily be Lehman Trilogy. It could, frankly, also be The Skin of Our Teeth, which That's I actually saw and had fantastic sound but yeah i'm i think what was it three or four of us are going with lehman trilogy with dana h as dan's possible winner and that's my runner up so that makes sense to me i'm with sound and i'm about to say the same thing actually i'm just gonna segue around to musical because i <laughs> the same thing applies to musical in the musical and play sound categories oftentimes it defaults to like 
the big front runner. You know, yeah. like it's easy to get swept up in other design categories. I don't necessarily have insight into why, but that's just the way it goes. That being said, Daniel, who are you predicting for best sound design of a musical? I'm predicting six. So am I. Because Same. of the concert format of it, I think kind of lends itself to that being a little more of a standout element. And I haven't seen a strange loop, so I am not sure how sound is really used in that show, but I could easily also see it being MJ, but I'm sticking with six for now. Six makes a lot of sense. The thing about Strange Loop, and normally I would be inclined to predict that because the last time it went to the non-best musical winner was Beautiful, the Carol King musical, mm-hmm. and that was only the second time this happened, I think? Third? This, it's, this is a category that just kind of goes with the frontrunner a lot of times, but a lot of the reaction I saw to Strange Loop was saying that the sound design was bad, that the acoustics were not great, that it was Hard to catch some of the lyrics. I was surprised it was even nominated, frankly. I saw some chatter on Twitter about that as well. And I think whenever you have another musical that so clearly stands out in sound design because of having a slightly different format than we're used to seeing, I think it makes sense that, you know, with, with another show that they obviously liked, like Six, I think it makes sense that they might switch over to that here instead of just going for the show that's gonna, spoiler alert, take a lot of things, yeah. I think. <laughs> that being said, I'm going with MJ. A lot of times yeah. this category kind of goes to, like, the most, I hate to sound like a, a boomer, but, like, rock and roll musical. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> it does the um, the Oscar thing of, oh, it's about music. Right, as if all musicals aren't about music. <laughs> right, <laughs> but, like, it's about a musician, therefore. Right. I'm leaning towards that, but again, this category, who the hell knows? It could be six. It could even be Strange Loop. I also have six. Um, Yeah, not to spoil, like, who we all think is going to win Best Musical, but I don't, I, I haven't heard a lot of great things about the Strange Loop sound either, and I think six is really creative with the sound, and it's pretty much the hit of the season, so I think it's good to celebrate the show in this way if you know it's not going to win best musical but i wouldn't be shocked about mj i don't have strange loop in it's either number three or number four for me right now to be honest let's move on to best lighting design of a play and i'm going to take this one and much like nicole said this one i'm defaulting once again to the lehman trilogy but also from what i've heard is not just a default it looks pretty spectacular tech wise and just feels like the kind of play that would take a lot of text. I'm totally with you on that one, Cody. And it, it would not surprise me at all. And it wouldn't be a default is the thing. And you're exactly right about right. that. The two that I have seen in this category, Macbeth and The Skin of Our Teeth, both have some really great lighting design. But from everything that I have heard about Layman Trilogy, that one's going to win. Yeah, I don't even know what second place is. I have four color girls who have considered a suicide in second place right now, but that feels very kinetic and tech heavy. So Mm. it would make sense. But I do think it's Lehman Trilogy. I would agree with you there. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, yeah I'm in the same boat with that. That makes a lot of sense. So we can move on to Best Lighting Design of a Musical. And Miss Lauren, who do you have for yes. this category? So I'm still not awarding Strange Loop. Sorry, Strange Loop. I do love you, but I'm not right. I will award you, but it's not right now. I'm gonna not do yet. I'm gonna do company for lighting design. I think it looks stellar with, you know, the blues and the neons and just how 
alive and kind of different it is, even from pictures of the production. I love how the lighting works within this production particularly, so I'm etching that over a strange loop currently. I agree with you there. I'm I'm very frustrated because I'm actually seeing several of the nominees later this month, but after the Tonys, so it doesn't really help us out at all. Ooh. But I'm, yeah. See, yeah, I'm seeing Six and A Strange Loop and Paradise Square later in June. Some of them with Dan. I haven't seen the company production on Broadway, but I believe it's the same lighting design from the London production, which I did yes. see. And it's a really inventive, I think, in some ways, use of lighting, the way that they use it to sort of set the mood. The, this company revival has a... I don't even know how to describe the atmosphere that they create on stage that I think works like really well with the somewhat abstract nature mm-hmm. of the structure of the show. Yeah, and exactly. I think that the lighting goes a long way towards helping create that atmosphere. So it is the one that I really do expect to see rewarded here. I hear what y'all are saying, but I'm actually predicting MJ. Okay, me too, Dan. Because these types of bio-musicals, especially when there are lengthy performance segments involved, they tend to have a lot of flashy lighting. And Natasha Katz is a name. Sort of when all else being equal default to a name. The Tonys clearly liked MJ more than Paradise Square, which is the other big name in this category, Donald Holder. Although... The nominating committee was ridiculously small this year, so who knows if that is even any indication. Right, and the nominating committee being small really does feel like why a lot of categories had six nominations, seven nominations, because I'm sure it was spread really thin. And which makes the categories where there are only five really interesting, because you have to assume it was, if not unanimous, pretty across the board solid in terms of what they were predicting, which is interesting in certain categories like actress in a musical. But anyway, yeah, I'm also leaning MJ. I think Natasha Katz, she is a favorite. She's a legend in amongst light designers, I'm sure. Again, MJ kind of feels like light design. It's concerty. I know that also applies to six. Yeah, I'm just leaning towards MJ in these two categories. I feel like light design and sound design go together fairly frequently. Let's move on from the flashing lights and the loud noises to the pretty dresses. Nicole, who are you predicting in best costume design of a play? I keep getting these play ones and I'm just (laughs) sort of like, I don't know. I did decide to go with the skin of our teeth here. It was the one that whenever I was looking at sort of other people's predictions seemed to come up a lot. But this is also one that if one of y'all makes like a good enough argument to me, I would consider switching. Well, I'm not going to because I'm also predicting the skin of our teeth. (laughs) I would predict the skin of our teeth, but Emilio Sosa, it should be noted, who is nominated for Trouble in Mind, is the chair of the board of the American Theater Wing. Oh. Oh. It would not surprise me if he does win this instead of the skin of our teeth, which would also be my pick. Okay, that play just skyrocketed into my predictions then. (laughs) Yeah. And the thing about these categories is that costume especially, you don't have to be open to win, even in the musical category. It doesn't matter if it's like the right costumes, it will win. And three of these four shows are already closed and one of them is about to close. So that is not something to be taken into consideration here. That would make a lot of sense, Dan. I totally get that. That being said, I still am going to stick with Skin of Our Teeth. I think it just, from what I've seen of it, it looks really flashy. I also, I also just finished reading the play for the first time, and even just reading the text, it's like, 
oh, there's so much here. <laughs> also, I loved it. It's fantastic. I, I wish I could see this production. I, I wrote my college honors thesis on the skin of our teeth, and this production, which I saw a few weeks back, is spectacular it's really they do it justice so weird it wasn't nominated for best arrival but anyway yeah i'm sticking with converti i am too and i originally had for color girls and number two but dan's kind of swaying me to bump that down to number three because of our our president over here <laughs> i just officially put trouble in mind as my runner-up <laughs> and that's the power of a live podcast predictions episode yep. <laughs> let's move on to best costume design of a musical not to give it to a homosexual but mr dan who are you predicting <laughs> best costume design of a musical <laughs> i hate that you give me this one it it could be any of like three honestly or, or maybe even four shout out to fly davis because the costumes in carolina change are amazing but it doesn't stand a chance i know i just said all other things being equal default to the name but i think i'm going with six here just because those costumes are now iconic yes there's just the six costumes but they are incredibly clever and standout designs and there's some fun moments in the show that revolve around mm-hmm. the costumes i also think those costumes because they're the essentially the same ones that were used in the uk productions yeah. have been iconic for several years now they literally sell like pins yeah. of the costumes mm-hmm. And I also, God, I listened recently to the writers, Toby and Lucy, did an interview on Dana Schwartz's Noble Blood podcast talking about the musical. And they were discussing that the costumes are meant to both obviously reflect like different specific pop stars, but also a lot of the lines in them are meant to reflect Tudor style houses. Yeah. And there's wow. so much like that <laughs> built into the costumes that I think people are going to respond to. And I also think... They're really unique, whereas some of the other things in this category that I might otherwise go for, I think, are a bit less unique. I think this is a two-horse race, frankly. I agree. I think the costumes in Six are totally iconic. It would get my vote. When I saw the tour stop here in Chicago, there were people in the audience dressed as the characters. Like, it is it is already kind of foundational costume design for Broadway musical. That being said... I do think the costumes in The Music Man really just scream uh, the kind of traditional winner. I, I doesn't It does not bring me pleasure to say that The Music Man will be getting a Tony. But I do think it just feels like the kind of winner in this category. Like, just looking at the past winners of Best Costume Design, we have My Fair Lady, Hello, Dolly, The King and I, yeah. Cinderella, Follies. You know, it's just... Oh, it's, it's so it just, boring. I, I don't disagree, but it is just totally actually... the kind of, like, classic turn-of-the-century slash, yeah. like extreme period design really expensive looking that's a big cast they had a costume and Santa Loquasto has won for this type of costuming before and I it's not like there is another nominee in this category that is doing the same thing I mean Paradise Square kind of kind of but it's less opulent in yeah Paradise Square. I do have Paradise Square sort of above some of the others on my list in that it is a period piece and I think costumes like that that are really designed with dance in mind sometimes do seem like they get a little bit of a leg up. I don't think it's going to MJ 
no. as much as I no. love Paul Taswell. And I also don't know that they would be willing to reward A, Diana the Musical, or B, William Ivy Longgrade Exactly. Now. I'm yeah. surprised I'm, he got the nomination. I'm, yeah. I'm, so, I'm surprised he was nominated. And frankly, if the show was open and he wasn't lightly canceled, because again, he was nominated for a Tony Award, so he, we can't say he was fully yeah. canceled. If that were not the case, this probably would be winning. I mean, it's recreating Princess Diana. I mean, Diana. also, though, let's, Let's not forget that they got nominated for Razzies. Sure, <laughs> but you know, Just I mean, to like pick chaos. It would be beautiful to have a Razzie and a Tony Award-winning piece. We love I, that. That would but be pretty cool. If that. I could give it a Tony for something other than William Ivy Long, I would yes. literally be out there campaigning <laughs> yeah. in the streets. Right. That being said, I'm going with Music Man. Is everybody else going with six? Yeah, Music Man's yeah. my number two because yeah. you have to think about it. You have to have some sort of intelligence, but. Yeah, six is just, it's different, and I guess it's just mainly us trying to manifest the win, because we know the history behind this category. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's just, like, interesting. You don't really see small casts get costume designs lately. I mean, like Dan said, there's only six costumes that had to be designed. The band is outfitted to a degree, but it's much, much less opulent. Usually this category, except for, like, Grey Gardens, goes to big, lavish casts. That being said, um, that's enough to talk about the costumes. Let's talk about best scenic design of a play, and I'm going to take this one. Once again, we are going with Lehman Trilogy, and again, I don't think it's necessarily a default. The scenic design, from what I understand, and what I've seen of footage of the show, is definitely a part of the show. It is The concept of the show seems to be based around this swirling, boxed-in set that is definitely noticeable. That being said, I think like a lot of categories, the skin of our teeth is the runner up here because it just is probably the most set of any play. I mean, there's three distinct sets between all the, each of the acts that are wildly different and the set design factors into the actual text of the show. And the puppets. And the puppets, I think they count a set sign, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think so. And they are yeah. spectacular. That show looks tremendous and i agree that like because layman trilogy was like the hot ticket of the fall part of the season and i do think that that will give it a leg up but if people didn't get to see layman or skin of our teeth is really on their minds recently because they just saw it i it would not surprise me at all if it pulled off a slight upset in this category because that those sets are just incredible. And there was a profile in the New York Times recently that talked about that set. Nicole, are you also leaving it up? I am. I am. Yeah. I wasn't kidding when I said I was going with it. And again, not just because it's the default, but because I feel like I heard really great things about it, sort of for all craft categories. Yeah, I'm in the same box as well. It's just across the board, you hear good things about the show. So it is a default, but you can't ignore the good critiques coming out of it, you know? Yeah, I do know. I did see recently pictures of the set for American Buffalo, and yes. uh, wow. It's a lot. It's, it's a, a lot, lot of sets. Lot. Yeah. yeah. I agree. I, the American Buffalo set really did surprise me with how much they had going on there. And I'm pretty sure all four of the non, I guess Lehman Trilogy even to a degree, the other four nominees are all unit sets. Like, I don't think there's many set changes in Hangmen, POTUS, American Buffalo, and Skeleton Crew. I might be wrong. I didn't see them. POTUS, actually, the set is really cool. It's basically like this gigantic rotating cube oh, in okay. the middle of the stage that each side has like a different 
set and some of them are like, kind of switched out in between as it rotates. It's a very, very cool set. I don't think it will be enough to win, especially when they didn't really give it the nominations that we thought they would. But shout out to Beowulf Borat, who has the best name on Broadway. <laughs> All right. I think we're ready to move on to the final design category, which is best scenic design of a musical. Lauren, who are you picking for this one? I am still picking company for this one. The scenic designer won the Olivier Award for her work on company. So I figured it's good to repeat it. It's a good piece of work. And I loved, you know, the reimagining of the story, especially how, you know, the boxes are representations of the apartments. I love how that looks. And I just think it makes, you know, somewhat of a black box-ish type show feel so much more immersive. And I think the collaboration of the lighting plus the scene design really do make this show shine. So I'm still plugging away a company when it comes to text. Plus like the best scene in that show is a production design showcase, Mm -hmm. like nothing else. Is that getting married today? Yeah, it's yeah. insane. (laughs) It's insane. The set is wild. Also, this is female solidarity because I am also predicting company. I am obsessed with Bunny Christie and her work. Like you said, this one, the Olivier, I think that it utilizes its production design both like logistically and symbolically mm-hmm. super well. I literally, whenever I saw it in London, kept getting distracted and like not watching the action of the freaking musical because I was too busy looking at the sets. They're just fa- yeah. fantastic. They really are. Like, nothing, I'm sorry to everything else, but nothing else stands a chance. I'm also predicting company. I agree. I don't really know what even the runner up is here. I think from what I've seen of the designs, Flying Over Sunset looks really cool. Yeah, that would be probably the second place if there was one. I have a strange love for two. I do too. Just out of kind of default. I've heard this set is pretty minimal, except for like one moment, possibly. Again, I haven't seen the show yet, so we're we're all speculating here. I'm a little surprised Paradise Car got nominated when I saw it. I was like, oh, they just literally stole the Newsy set. Got it. So I'm kind of surprised. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to ask what the Paradise Square set was like. It's Newsies. It's Newsies? It's scaffolding with like wrought iron. It's Newsies. Which, I mean, I guess they do like a good scaffolded set sometimes. I, I just don't see how it goes to anything other than company, to be quite honest. Yeah. And even though it's close and everything, I may have Flying Over Sunset as my runner-up, just because it, it it feels like it's maybe the most memorable thing other than company. All right, so that closes out the design categories. Let's move on to best choreography. Mm-hmm. Nicole, who do you have for this? I will say that my runner-up for this is Paradise Square, but... I'm predicting MJ. Like, I yeah. I think this yeah. one is pretty much MJ's award. Yeah, this might be the most locked up of the award of the night, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Possibly. Yeah. Besides, like, best musical or best <laughs> book, even. But... <laughs> I mean, I don't know how else it goes to anything but MJ. I would absolutely love it if Camille A. Brown won for for Mm. Colored Girls, and Mm -hmm. that Mm. is actually my runner-up. But this is Christopher Wheeldon's to lose. I actually have for Colored Girls in last place. I just don't see a world in which they give <laughs> best choreography to a non-musical. Like I don't think that will it's ever happen unless we yes, get it. But it's literally I, I a, know, it's choreo a choreo poem. poem. <laughs> I understand, but it is still not a musical. And I think unless we get a year like last year where it's like give best score to a play, like we're yeah. it's, it's just never going to happen. <laughs> but I understand the sentiments. 
and I, I I would be cool with it winning, especially over again the Michael Jackson musical. I, I have MJ in first. I have Music Man second. Paradise Square sixth. Then for Colored Girls. So we all think MJ, right? Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Best orchestrations, Dan. Who do you have? Oh, I don't know. Um, no, nobody does. <laughs> <laughs> this, this could go literally to any of these people. I'm really tempted to say Girl from the North Country because. I, I have heard some of the recordings from that, and it sounds really great. The instrumentation is just really cool, what they've done with that. I don't know. So I'm sort of defaulting to a strange loop because, spoiler alert, that's what I'm predicting for score. Yeah, this is I where you default up. to the yep. best yeah. skull winner. I also felt like I, I needed to find awards for a strange loop if I was going to confidently predict it for best musical like i am spoiler alert and this one felt like one for it i could like you said though dan i think there's an argument for each of them you know obviously like six it sort of a very interesting pop concert musical theater blend which obviously we've had a lot of pop musical theater but this takes it a step further yeah and i also think there's an argument for company and the way that they've had to mm-hmm. sort of because of the the gender flipping have had to sort of reinvent some of these especially uh, giving yeah. a little bit of a tribute to song time yeah exactly. they do love yeah. people reimagining song time musicals in this category that's yeah mm-hmm. so that's why company is my runner-up I, i'm honestly i think at a certain point that i just had to be like well some things have got to go to a strange loop yeah i'm also predicting a strange loop i do think genuinely all five of these have a fighting chance it's a weird year and when that's the case though you default to best musical yeah dear evan hansen never forget kinky boots like come on no i think the thing is for me other than mj any of these could win (laughs) and i would be thrilled like i do think this is a really good set of orchestrations honestly after the past few years it does feel like one of those moments where i'm like wow we're actually really blessed to have a set of tony nominations that look like this mj aside and in saying that i have nothing against the orchestrators of mj themselves (laughs) Right. And Girl from the North Country, to your point, Dan, which I'm actually I have it last place prediction wise, (laughs) but it is definitely the most intense of the reimagining because it's Bob Dylan songs completely reorchestrated. They don't sound anything like them. So that would not surprise me. But I don't think people are thinking that hard about this category. So strange loop. Let's move on to best book of a musical. And I'm going to take this one. So for best book of a musical, I know I just said this about choreography. I think this is maybe another one of those absolutely locked up categories. It's a strange loop. Yep. Yeah, I have that as well. I like truly don't even think there's any competition. Mr. Saturday Night, maybe, maybe. But I literally didn't even yeah. pick a runner up. It doesn't matter. All right, let's move on because why not? <laughs> We're going to go to best score. Lauren, who do you have? I was kind of t- tied over this one. I was between six and a strange loop the entire time, like six or strange loop, six or strange loop. And then I thought, since I'm giving orchestrations already to strange loop, I figure that those will go hand in hand with voters. And since it is going to win best musical, it's inching up just a little bit. But I have six really right underneath, so I wouldn't be shocked if that pulls it out as well. I wanted so bad for six to win this, especially since it didn't even get nominated for best book. Yeah, it was mainly me being like, I want six when I want six when then I was like, Lauren, think. So that's why Strange Loop is number one. Yeah, yeah. Obviously going to be a Strange Loop. 
I do think that, like Lauren said, like if anything else is winning, it's six. I would be thrilled to see it get that and like actually sort of spread the love around because that is one of my pet peeves with the Tonys is whenever they pick a musical and only reward that one show. But I really do see this going to a strange loop. Yeah. To whoever's had best orchestrations to go with best score, it's insanely rare for best score and best orchestrations to not line up. It only really happens if there is no original score, like American in Paris or something like that. Like, you just really, yeah. they do go hand in hand. And yeah. Strange Loop is just the story of the season. And part of that, in fact, almost all of that is the Michael R. Jackson book music and lyrics so yeah strange loop i was looking at this earlier like when book and score you know how often do they actually go to the same show and it happens really rarely yes but it does happen that they go to different shows but it's usually score is the one that lines up with musical when they split so another easy category let's move on to best director of a play nicole yet another play category for you who do you have so yet again (laughs) it it actually does throw me to say that i am predicting my beloved (laughs) sam mendez for this again like i'm just sort of thinking that the layman trilogy takes it sort of all the way down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I also feel like Sam is maybe the biggest name in this category. Oh, he's easily yeah. the biggest name. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I, I say that like half joking. I mean, obviously I do know that like Camille A. Brown is sort of one of the bigger up and coming names, I think. Shout out to both my girls, Camille A. Brown and Liana Blaine Cruz. Those were difficult shows to revive and i can say because i've seen it that liliana knocked it out of the park and by all accounts camille did as well i would love for either of them to win but unfortunately i don't think that's going to happen yeah this category is weird for a lot of reasons let me let me explain why so the lehman trilogy is the only best play nominee here Mm -hmm. weird skin of our teeth was nominated for best revival or was not nominated for best revival but is nominated here Dana H. was not nominated for Best Play, but it's nominated here. And then for Color Girls, American Buffalo are in Best Revival of the Play. So that's there's a lot of weirdness going on. The overlap is very low. And again, the fact that there's only five nominees, we have to assume this was pretty solidly agreed upon by the nominees, by the nominating committee. That being said, it's Sam Mendes. Congratulations to him on his back-to-back. <laughs> yep. Uh, not quite. Almost back-to-back. Almost back-to-back, yeah. Yeah. An Oreo, if you will. <laughs> well, I a guess sandwich. It, it is his back to back in terms of he didn't have a show in between them. Yeah, right? sure. So <laughs> to him, it's consecutive. Yeah, yes. do another, get another. <laughs> and with that, we are halfway through our categories. So let's keep it chugging. We're going to go to best director of a musical. Dan, who do you have? I'm giving it to Marianne Elliott. She's the biggest name here next to Connor McPherson. And love, love to Girl from the North Country, but it does not stand a chance, unfortunately. <laughs> Company, if there is any of these shows that is like the most conspicuously directed, it is Company. Like that is the vision of its director entirely, as opposed to A Strange Loop and Six, which are really their writer's shows. I think that's the perfect explanation of why yeah, I'm going to Marion Elliott. It's taking a material that everybody who's voting for this already knows inside and out 
and is completely reinterpreting it. I do think a strange loop has a very good chance here. If they love it, love it, love it, it can get gobbled up similar to fun home, things like that, mm-hmm. where you're like, oh yeah, that does, that, that does deserve best director. But Marion Elliott has won this category twice before. I think she will win it again. Or one best director rather of two, two best plays, uh, best director categories and now best director of musicals. So clearly, clearly they like her. I think yeah. this will get swept up in the company love, but a strange loop winning here would not surprise me. A strange loop is definitely my runner up here, but I think Marianne Elliott has been working on this company for many, many, many <laughs> years at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It really is her brainchild. She was working on it with Sondheim and, and, and getting his opinion on it and everything before he passed years ago, even. And I really do think this is maybe one of the places that they're going to take the opportunity to reward her, especially since they can give Strange Loop book and and score and things like that that they can't give company. So there is that. I also do though want to say a massive shout out to Lucy Moss for getting nominated in this category. Mm-hmm. Truly, like, and I mean this in like the actual best meaning of the phrase, but like girl boss behavior. <laughs> so young. <laughs> To have a show on Broadway that she is a co-writer and co-director of is insane. That she literally wrote while she was at university. I am in absolute awe of her, and I have to give her a shout out. So let's move on to Best Featured Actor of a Play, and I'm going to take this one. I am going with one of the three men nominated from Take Me Out. I'm going with Jesse Tyler Ferguson. This role won Dennis O'Hare the Tony when it first premiered on Broadway almost 20 years ago. That being said, I do think Jesse Williams from the same production does have a chance here. I've heard he's pretty spectacular in the role. They love the production and i do think there could be some sympathy votes for the you know horrible nude photo leak scandal that happened not to take away from his performance though i've heard he's actually pretty great in the role i would also throw in alfie allen who is supposedly a huge standout in hangman but yeah this is jesse tyler ferguson's to lose he got the best reviews out of anyone in this category like just across the board raves and he is a broadway baby i'd also throw in chuck cooper for trouble in mind if you want to get nervous about the take me out guys i'm splitting votes either way even though it should be ferguson but he's somewhere in my number two or number three slot at this current moment by i'm honestly predicting the same as cody i think it's going to be one of the take me out guys i have jesse tyler ferguson in front but that's a really good point about Jesse Williams and also like I've heard such good things about that performance that it wouldn't shock me if he managed to take it. I just I haven't seen Hangman, but I, I did just read the play and that part is an absolute knockout. It has the potential to be a huge mm-hmm. scene stealer. So if he won, it would not surprise me. But I do think he's in like fourth at this point in time, only because this category is so strong. I see that. He's still he's still my number two behind Jesse, but only because of like possibility of take me out vote splitting. Which Jesse? Uh, Jesse Tyler, sorry. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> so let's move on to Best Featured Actor in a Musical. Lauren, who are you predicting? I'm keeping my theme going with company. Um, I think Matt Doyle is going to take it. Again, it's a gender-switched role, and it's the first of its time on Broadway. Jonathan Bailey, who did it in London, won the Olivier for it, so I think that's a really good sign. And the reviews for him have been astounding, so... I have Matt Doyle, and then obviously I have Strange Loop, Jonathan Andrew Morrison at number two. You know what's crazy? 
company has never yielded in all of its four productions on Broadway a single acting Tony Award. It's which is insane. Which is weird. Yes. Alice Barza should have won, obviously. Obviously. And it's crazy, especially not to jump ahead a little bit, but that the role of Bobby is like not as much a guarantee of even a nomination as you think it would be, because obviously Katrina Lank was snubbed this year. The gentleman who played him in the 90s, 90s revival yeah. was snubbed. The two men from the 70s and the 2006, the Ralph Barza version, were both they Listen, the Olivia's bizarre. do actually respect the role of Bobby. Sure. I don't know what to say about the Tonys. <laughs> it's just bizarre. It's such a Bobby is such a like powerhouse. Every male tenor wants to play it's that true. role, and it's never even been consistently nominated for the Tony. It's crazy. Matt Doyle, that number is the standout number of that show. And to say that about a show in which Patty Lapone does the ladies who lunch is really saying something he's winning and i don't even know that there is a number two if i had to guess i would say jared grimes maybe because they seem to really love him recently and a big dance showcase yeah it is matt doyle's to lose yeah i've seen a lot of rallying around jared grimes because he's the only place that funny girl fans can rally I think the two Paradise Square guys, sorry, I think they're kind of bottom of this category in terms of predictability. So good work there. I love you, AJ Shively. (laughs) Who learned to dance for the show is crazy. That being said, I'm also predicting Matt Doyle. I think John Andrew Morrison is probably in second place. But from what I've heard about getting married today, it's just like absolutely the kind of, oh, congrats. You won the Tony when you got cast in this role Mm -hmm. (laughs) kind of performance number and his abilities only added to that. History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the facts from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the Allied powers go too far? in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast, is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon. This is Krista Makes, guitarist and vocalist for Less Than Jake, and host of Krista Makes a Podcast, a songwriting podcast where every week I'm joined by an amazing guest, to break down the writing, recording, and release of one iconic song from their career. In our giant evergreen back catalog of episodes, we've had rock legends such as Dee Snyder and Huey Lewis, punk rock favorites like Mark Hoppus, Fat Mike, and Brett Gurowitz, and up-and-coming artists of today such as Liz Stokes of The Beths and Genesis Owusu. We've had guests from all genres and styles of music, and I guarantee that if you peruse our back catalog, you'll see several episodes that'll make you say, man, I gotta hear that. Whether you're a fan of music or a creator of music yourself, 
you'll take away a whole new appreciation for the songs you know and love. Chris Makes a Podcast is available for free on all the places you could possibly listen to podcasts. And new episodes come out every Monday. Okay, let's move on to Best Featured Actress in a Play. <laughs> Guess who's doing a play category? It's Nicole. <laughs> Nicole, who are you predicting? It's a girl. <laughs> no, Playtime I'm like, with Nicole. <laughs> no, no, I'm like laughing too hard. Nicole made herself notes. laugh. So this is a fun category. This is one of the categories where I truly was like, I don't know. I can see a lot of arguments uh, for this to go anyway. And again, I'm open to being swayed. I am predicting Kanita R. Miller for Four Colored Girls because I feel like the reviews were really good for her. Again, I am open to arguments otherwise. I, this category, like, I, there is an argument for... It could go, like, three ways. Eh, there's an argument for all of these ladies, frankly, because, like, Felicia Rashad is Felicia Rashad. If anyone could do it for a play that closed, it's her. And Uzo Aduba is Uzo Aduba. And same for her. And I saw Clyde's, and I didn't think it was that great, but Kara Young, there was a story in the New York Times recently that at the oh, yes, Tony Awards nominees luncheon, her father has been a waiter server at the Rainbow Room for like decades and decades. She like basically like grew up there and now she is there as a Tony nominee and Emilio Sosa, the chairman of the board of the American Theater Wing, gave him a shout out when he saw the two of them together and he got a standing ovation. Yeah, it was an unbelievable story about how he worked there. Yeah. Now she's a Tony nominee and they're uh, celebrating her nomination at the place where he is serving them lunch. It was a really incredible story of like, <laughs> it's a very New York story. It's, in yeah, a way. it's a real New York moment. <laughs> right. That being said, there's also a lot of stories here with other people. Kanita R. Miller is performing for Color Girls every night. She is extremely pregnant. Yeah. Her due date, it is currently June 2nd. Her due date was May 30th. So she could truly have her baby. Any, Any day now. I'm sure by the time this comes out, she may, be have, she may have had her baby. Um, and I've also heard, congratulations, Kanita. And I've heard amazing things about her performance. I've read that play. I haven't seen this production, but her character is like the climactic part of the show. It's a really important moment. And it's like just catnip for any actor. And I've heard she pulls it off amazingly. That being said, I am predicting Rachel Dratch for POTUS. I've heard just phenomenal things about her performance. It seems very scene stealery, very like it's the thing everybody's talking about from that show. And <laughs> I think she's somebody that people don't really know they love until they're like, oh my God, right. Of course, Rachel Dratch. Like I, I've seen her yeah. in everything. I checked her awards page. She like was never nominated for an Emmy for anything. So this would be one of her first big award moments. And I think it would be deserved. Dan, you saw the show. I did. How was she? She is hysterical. Hysterical. The problem with POTUS is that it is a true ensemble show, and there are like long stretches where she's off stage, which is like, you know, true for most of these ladies. But the problem is that when she's not on stage, there's opportunity for literally everyone else in the cast to steal the show. Okay. So it's not like a necessarily like, oh, where's Rachel when she's off stage? Yeah. It's, yeah. It's not Got like, it. oh my God, I hope she comes back soon. It's because the whole ensemble is so great. And that's why I'm with Nicole in predicting Kanita R. Miller. She's the only person from Four Colored Girls that they can award potentially. And also, this is the most likely place for that show 
to get awarded. You know what? You convinced me. And Rachel Dratch has Julie White, the great Julie White, who is also phenomenal in the show. And Rachel's performance is a lot more uh, physically funny, and Julie White's is a lot more like line reading dialogue funny so i could easily see the two of them splitting i will say rachel josh i think she's really popular in new york and really popular within the wing personally and it would be really cool to see her win something on her own so that's kind of swaying me to be honest i am swaying towards kanita currently but i am in between those two and i really like when comedy wins personally for these types of categories and the tonys do that more than most you know, except for the Emmys, which have like comedy categories, <laughs> they definitely have a better track record than the Oscars at giving comedies their due in all categories. That being said, you, Dan and Nicole did just convince me to switch to Kanita R. Miller. Let's move on to Best Featured Actress in a Musical. Dan, who do you have? This is a really hard one, Dan. <laughs> Look, there may have been rumblings from certain gossip people that there was a little anti oh my god right <laughs> uh campaign going on let's be real <laughs> no one else is going to win this award i'm sorry patty lapone doing the ladies who lunch and that's literally all you need to know it is the sort of perfect match between performer and song that everyone would like kill themselves to throw awards at. And Patty has not won as many Tonys as you think she has. And also, if she wasn't winning before, that takedown of the audience member who was not wearing a mask absolutely sealed the deal. To 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 get some light to what Dan was mentioning, there was like a weird Dubois story where there was some potential rumbling about a an upset campaign for some other person in this category, possibly, but that has seemingly not emerged because I don't even know who it could possibly be for. Yeah, this is Patty's. Much like featured actor in a musical, I do think it's likely to go to a performer from Company with a performer from Strange Loop in second place. I think L. Morgan Lee stands a semi at like 20% chance of winning, possibly. If they gave a runner-up award. <laughs> yeah. Sure. The history that that would make. Right. She'd be the first trans performer to yep. win. Obviously, she's the first openly trans performer to get nominated for a Tony Award. So there's a story there. I've also heard, again, outside of the story, great things about the performance I'm sure she, I've heard she's a standout, but yeah, this is, I mean, it's Patty Lapone. Come on. Yeah, there's no argument here. She's been training for this role since I saw her perform Ladies <laughs> Who Lunch at the Sondheim 80th yes. birthday concert. <laughs> I will never there stop bragging about being yep. there <laughs> until the day I die. I hate you so much, Cody. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> All right, moving on, because, duh. Let's move on to Best Actor in a Play. I'm going to take this category, which has, holy moly, seven men nominated, which is a lot. This category scares me. Yeah, there's more men nominated in this category than people there are performing in six. But anyway, I am um, also scared by large groups of men. Uh. <laughs> it's tricky because there are three of them. But once again, I'm going with the Lehman trilogy. I'm predicting Simon Russell Beale to win this. But I do think David Morse from How I Learned to Drive stands a good chance, as does Sam Rockwell. As does Adrian Lester from the Lehman Trilogy. This is a tough category. I mean, like, there's no obvious favorites. There's a million reasons why anybody could or could not win. 
But like we keep saying, at the end of the day, I'm defaulting to the Lehman Trilogy. I'm not doing that. And God damn it, Cody, it's because of you. Uh, uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Because for the longest time, I was like, Simon Russell Beale is winning. It's just not a question. He's winning. And then in our little group chat, you were like, I think it's going to be David Morse. Sorry. And I was like... You know, the little chaos gremlin has a point because <laughs> from every A goblin, please, not gremlin. Okay. Yes. You're I'm the, the gremlin, right. Cody's the goblin. Right. I forgot. Yeah. Nicole's yeah. the chaos gremlin, Cody's the chaos goblin. Got it. I think that this is actually a case where three men from the same production in this category could actually work against any of them winning. Especially since easily Summon Russell Beale or uh Adam Godley have the like juicy parts to chew on. And I think the temptation to give David Morse and Mary Louise Parker his and hers Tonys for literally recreating mm-hmm. their 25 years ago roles is, is going to be pretty great. And Lehman Trilogy was the hot ticket of the fall season. How I Learned to Drive has been the hot ticket of the Tony season. A play, a, a play about what that play is about, is playing to like ninety-eight percent full houses. It's it, it, it's insane how well How I Learned to Drive is doing, and for that reason, I'm I changed my mind and I'm picking David Morse. God damn you, Cody. I listen. <laughs> Listen, I'm I'm not sorry, actually. <laughs> I I think be. he's definitely second place. I think the his and hers Tonys would be so cute. And yes, there are three men from the same play in this category. But that's also true of featured actor in a play where we're most of us predicting Jess Tyler Ferguson. So like it could totally happen. I I think I'm gonna stick with Simon Russell Beale with David Morse. If he wins, it would not be surprising at all. Yeah. That's just where I am right now. Simon Russell Beale is my very, very close runner up. <laughs> I'm with Dan. I'm doing the his and her Tonys. They're happening. Okay. So I'm with Cody. <laughs> oh. I have oh, no. I have David Morse as my runner up and I have Simon Russell Beale winning. I think it's Simon Russell Beale. He he is such a like name in the theater community in particular that I think he might be the one that if people want to sort of vote for the Lehman trilogy, they go for him. I'm also personally biased in his favor because quick tangent, one of the weirdest things to ever happen in my life is I did my first master's thesis on uh, filmed theater and I interviewed some people at the National Theater to do a case study on them. And while I was there one day doing an interview, Simon Russell Beale came and sat down at the table next to me and wrapped a present. Um, Why he was there (laughs) wrapping a present, I cannot tell you, but he was talking (laughs) to himself and it actually picked up on the recording. So one of my interviews for my master's (laughs) thesis just has Simon Russell Beale just like muttering in the background of it. What was Um, he saying? I would like to give him a tip. Hell if I know. <laughs> no, literally just like talking to himself about the present that he was wrapping. Well, um, unlike that present, this category is anything but wrapped up. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but so I would like to give him a Tony for best present rapper. I can't do that. So instead, I'm going to predict him for uh, the Lehman trilogy. Okay. So we got two Simons, two Davids. Yep. 
that's that's just where we are. To David and Morris. Nothing to do about that. Let's be clear. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So sorry. Much like the much again, like featured actor in a play, there's two same name gentlemen in this category. Maybe you should there's, nominate seven men, but I don't know. There's do I know? only so many names for men, as we all know. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So let's move on to best actor in a musical. Lauren, who do you have? So. Even though Best Actor in a Play is all over the place, I'm pretty sure we're all going to be in agreement with Best Actor in a Musical. I have Jaquel Spively for A Strange Loop. I think he's the guy of the season and the musical of the season. Everyone's talking about the musical. Everyone is talking about him. So I think this is his Tony to lose, to be honest. Yeah, I I agree. I, I've heard this amazing performance. I think it's going to be wrapped up in the Best Musical Prize and the general A Strange Loop sweep of certain important categories. I love that somebody who's eight years younger than me is beating Hugh Jackman for what seemed like an obvious Tony Award when it was announced, but I digress. I know that it pleases both me and Cody immensely <laughs> to see Hugh Jackman do something that he, I know he was positive he was going to get a Tony for. And Hugh and now like be my like, number three. He's my number like, four. I don't, I don't yeah, even think he's four. the runner up. Like, yeah, not even the You know what? Up. He's my number five for the hell of it. Goodbye, Hugh. But <laughs> I love that y'all are so sure it's Jaquel Spivey. Uh-oh. Are you going to say it's Miles Frost? I'm being honest. Jaquel Spivey is my third number three chaos gargoyle and bear (laughs) (laughs) it's freaking billy crystal okay okay everybody loves that man i am predicting miles frost though yeah because you are predicting miles frost i am predicting miles frost with billy crystal a very close runner-up love to jaquel love that he is representing big beautiful black men big beautiful gay black men on Broadway. His story is incredible, as is the story of A Strange Loop. But even the reviews that were very unkind to MJ said that Miles Frost was electric. And this is also his Broadway debut. He's my runner-up, and I do think Same. it's a strong Same. two-horse race between them. I don't, sorry, Dan, think anybody else has a chance. I think it's between those two. I do um, have Billy Crystal at a number three. Me too. And I think he could take it. I think he's much more in the running than Rob McClure or Hugh Jackman are. If Billy Crystal wins, it'll be like, oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> it'll be, exactly. it'll, it'll yeah, feel exactly. Like when, it'll feel like when Tony Shalhoub won for the band's visit, where you're like, oh, yeah. Yeah, okay, sure. Yeah, and th- yep. the difference is that, like, Tony Schwab didn't even have a song in the band's visit. Billy Crystal, <laughs> quote-unquote, sings in Mr. Saturday Night, oh. which is, like, the one reason why I'm not predicting him to win. Look, we, I, okay. I've heard him sing. I've heard him sing Surrey with a Fringe on top. Uh, <laughs> Listen, I'll take his Surrey with a Fringe on top over Hugh Jackman's, I'm just saying. <laughs> Same. Oh, Lord. Same, but neither of them are the one that I want i'm gonna leave that there before i say things i shouldn't (laughs) (laughs) so we have three jaquel spiveys and one miles frost yep i think that makes sense i i this category is not as locked up as it feels i i do think it could go a lot of ways like one of three ways but i'm sticking with the best musical firm runner personally all right, let's move on to Best Actress in a Play. You know who has a play category. It's Miss Nicole. <laughs> Is me. So I am predicting, and I feel like we kind of spoiled this while talking about... Another hard yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
But I am predicting uh, Mary Louise Parker for how I learned to drive. 100%. Apologies to like everyone else in this category because having seen it, Gabby Beans is phenomenal. Ruth Nega is also really freaking good. Love LaShans and everything that I have heard about Dana H is that Deirdre O'Connell was like completely stunning. But Mary Louise Parker is a legend doing a legendary role for her and getting the best reviews of her career in the most popular play of the voting period. This category might be pound for pound the strongest yes. category of yeah. all the acting categories. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All five of these performances I've heard are unbelievable. And I am also predicting Mary Louise Parker. I think it makes a lot of sense. She'll win her second in a row, her third overall Tony Award. That being said, I've heard a lot of people saying the classic thing we always fear, Mary Louise Parker's going to win, but I would love if it was Deirdre O'Connell. Yeah. So... Don't count her out is all I'm saying. Don't count Ruth Nega out. I'm still pretty Mary Louise Parker. Yeah, Deirdre O'Connell would she is a Jane Hootie Shell type, like big New York City character actor, been doing it for years, and this is her first Tony nomination. So it would not surprise me if Dana H was still running. I would say it's a incredibly strong two horse race, and I think that is really the only thing that is predict stopping me from predicting her because that's a one woman show and from all accounts she was in- just incredible and if we're talking degree of difficulty yeah the, just hearing what she had to do every night gives me anxiety yeah so <laughs> i i can't imagine even thinking about doing that so yeah sight unseen she gets my vote even i've seen none of the nominees in this category but i do I- think it's still mlp I would like to give those of us who predicted Ruth Nega getting a nomination a Good massive job. shout out. Yeah. Um, I'm yes. proud of – I can't remember I who all predicted it, but I am proud of us in knowing that it didn't matter that Macbeth did not get good reviews. Ruth Our girl Nega was going to pull forward. Yeah, Ruth Nega innocent. <laughs> you know what? And the Tony, the Tonys are good for that. They they will parse out also, things worthy of nominations from shows listen, that otherwise got bad reviews. Miss mm-hmm. Girl should have had – an Oscar nomination last year. Mm-hmm. Oh. So I'm happy she at least got her Tony nom. I say she should have won the Oscar, but that's just me. There yeah, is a theater I mean, wing. We love you. Mm-hmm. I would be right there with you on that. Yeah. <laughs> Gr- Gremlin Goblin. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just in time for Pride Month. <laughs> Justice for passing always. And having seen Macbeth, you cannot take your eyes off of her. Whenever she is on stage, she is completely magnetic. All right. I'm going to yank us away from this category because the next one's going to be a doozy. We're going to talk about best actress in a musical. And I'm, again, happy pride. Dan, who do you have for this category? I have Sharon D. Clark for Carolina Change. Ooh. Okay. I'm going to jump in. I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. (laughs) I know that it's closed. Yes. However, the woman, her reviews were stellar across the board, which is something that only, I think, Mayor Winningham can say otherwise. And um, when did those reviews come out, Dan? I, like I said, (laughs) I know it has closed. I have not seen all of these shows, but I did see Carolina change and... I still pretty vividly remember her performance. She won the Olivier. 
She won the Olivier. No disrespect to Joaquina Calacongo's uh, 11 o'clock number but lot's wife is just it is one of the best 11 o'clock numbers written for musical theater and she brought the house down she just just bring it down it was like samson between the pillars like bringing it down it was stunning all right so <laughs> so just some stats and again the tonys <laughs> are not as stats heavy as the oscars which are not even that stats heavy to begin with obviously but the last person to win a Tony Award for a closed musical was Martin Short in 1999 mm-hmm. for Little Me, for Little Me. which was the year that Jaquel Spivey was born. <laughs> so, <laughs> Do not make me feel old. I, Daniel, <laughs> I turned 31 in two weeks. I get it. Oh, is she a three-time Olivier Award winner? I listen, I, but I, I, on the other hand, Carol Interchange is, and I'm saying this, you know, to prove my lack of bias, <laughs> my favorite show of the 20th century. It is a oh, is wow. a masterwork of musical theater. It should have won Tonya Pinkins her second Tony back in 2004. Obviously, I think she has the best chance I've ever seen in my lifetime of winning a Tony for a closed musical. I still am not predicting her. <laughs> well, but that's interesting because then who? Are you predicting? Because that Jackie was what Kala I kept, Okay. That was what I kept getting hung up on was if not her, then who? And I think it's fairly certainly between those two. Both yeah. of whom have actually a lot of similarities in their performances. They both have similar 11 o'clock numbers that like tear the house down. They are on stage for a huge chunk of their shows. I just think if we're looking at like, you know, they clearly really liked Paradise Square a lot more than I thought they would. I say this oh, to somebody who saw or, it in Chicago. Or they were, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I won't say it, but. <laughs> yada, yada, yada. Anyway. I'm predicting Sharon D. Clark as well. I think the Tony mm-hmm. Award branch, I think they want to award this role. I really do think they do. And I think this role deserves recognition and the show overall deserves recognition. And she won it already in London. And I think that, tracks for that for her to be rewarded here i think if she won three times in london and is respected there all the reviews are about her she's she did kill it i think she's gonna do it here i think she's gonna take it home personally sharon d clark is my Mm -hmm. runner-up once again we have your winner (laughs) once again we have goblin gremlin um solidarity Uh, hell yeah Uh, i'm with cody on this one love that we have several of these where we're evenly divided between two no honestly it's fun I, I said this is a doozy. Yeah. I wasn't kidding. We love chaos. I think it's super close. We all agree that Sutton Foster's not winning, right? Oh no. Does anyone else have Sutton Foster like in last place? I have her in She's third. Not in last I place. have Carmen Cusack in last place. Yeah, love her, but like if there is a show that closed that she was not even noted as the standout in like for her really the nomination is the award i just feel like with sutton i've seen people saying she wasn't suited to the role i have seen so many mixed things there's so many opinions sutton, about which sutton at least yeah. at least carbon didn't i never saw anyone say anything negative about her in the role i really haven't heard much about carbon in the role in general that's the no yeah. people love her though yeah. yeah they love her but i haven't heard about her performance I, I heard some some really good things about her in it. My thing is that I feel like any love that, that could possibly go to her has sort of been usurped by Mayor Winningham. Right. Who is in a show that is currently running and getting like the type of reviews that most I have Mayor Winningham of. as my number three. She's also 
honestly my number three with potentially like her and wakina are so close yeah it's this is a tough category if carol interchange was still open no i'd be hands down yeah same i i cannot for a lot of reasons it's not even just the stats factor it's like even if it just how the 20 voters look at these these two shows like they didn't they didn't give Carolina changed as much as they could have. They got three nominations, which is is respectable. But the original got more. That wasn't even that loved. And it's even if, even if it had closed more recently, I would be more willing to consider it. But like you said, I it's missing the extra nominations to make me think that it has broad support. Honestly, having ha- having seen that, the only other nomination that it legit could have gotten is like scenic design i mean like director uh, maybe but in this year i wouldn't it's it's tough i mean like this this is tough category i don't think we're gonna get a consensus anytime soon <laughs> All i think it, it really are is between these two women so i yeah. think it's one of the awards that the night of we're not gonna have any idea of which way it's going until they say it Right, which for the Tonys is which exciting. Is, Usually we don't honest, get that for the Tonys. Which is kind of funny, because like for 2004, for this category, it was the same thing. We didn't know what was happening with Best Actress mm-hmm. in a Musical, in which Carolina Change was one of those. Is she going to do it? So it's yeah. kind of funny that history is repeating. So next up, let's talk about another tricky category. Best Revival of a Play. I'm going to take this one. This is hard. I'm currently going with Take Me Out. But I could see it also just as easily going to for colored girls or how I learned to drive. That's Dis- where I'm discuss. at too. <laughs> That's yeah. where I'm at. I think Take Me Out overperformed at the nominations personally, which is making me currently predicted. And then I have How I Learned to Drive at number two because it's just such a stellar play. Yeah, right now, Take Me Out is number one. Before the nominations came out, I was like, Take Me Out is probably going to win Best Revival. But the fact that it didn't get into Best Director of a Play is giving me slight pause. Yeah, this category is weird in its alignment with Best Director of a Play. It doesn't doesn't line up as normally as Best Revival of a Musical does. Whereas if your Revival of Musical contender is not in the Best Director category, stay away. The same is not true, Best Revival of a Play. That being said, if For Color Girls took this, it would kind of feel like when The Boys in the Band won two years ago, which was a very beloved production. I think it had already closed by the time the Tonys came around. I, I, I don't know. This is tough. I, for me, this is between For Colored Girls and How I Learned to Drive with Take Me Out, like literally right behind. I think that the story of For Colored Girls, how that was going to close, and then it got like the second most nominations of any play and extended the run from when they had cut it back. I think that is a huge story, and that would be so beautifully, wonderfully poetic for it to win. But again, How I Learned to Drive has kind of been the hot ticket this part of the season. Take Me Out has gotten the a huge hook of like, you know, oh, you lock away your phones, you can't take a picture in the theater. And it's also got great reviews. Any of those three could win. I, I may regret this. But with everything that has like been in the air 
about diversity on Broadway, and especially with the incredible amount of diversity that this particular season has shown. Like, this really was a celebration of African-American voices. I'm I'm saying it's for colored girls. You know what, Dan? I'm switching. Yeah. Oh, I, don't I, listen I, to me! No, no, it, no it's don't. Not, no, don't. Don't no. give yourself that much credit. It's not just because of you. It just, I think you're right. The story of it getting, like, brought back from the brink of closing by passionate fan support. And for the Tony's support. Really? Right. Specifically, Ayanna Prescott has done an amazing job at grassrooting support and tickets and outreach for for Colored Girls. And I think that has kind of translated, trickled down, not to use a Reaganite term, my God, (laughs) to support all over the place for this show, which I've heard is amazing and I wish I could see it. And I do think a Tony Award for the production would be the kind of capper on a triumphant run for the show. Okay, yeah, it would be a good story. I, w- I want to pick it. I really do want to pick it, but I, I'm Listen, hesitant. I have officially moved it to my runner-up instead of How I Learned to Drive, which probably indicates that How I Learned to Drive is what's going to win the Tony. But <laughs> yeah. I am going to stick with Take Me Out just so that we aren't all putting our eggs into one basket in That's... this category, which does feel like it could go one of several ways. I appreciate right. that, Nicole. That's good, Nicole. <laughs> this category is hard. We yeah. can't all go the same way because it's too hard. Like, I think yeah. it would be disingenuous to do that. So I I'm, agree. I approve. And you know, if anyone has ever seen my MVP predictions, they know that I'm always willing to uh, stick myself somewhere for the for the sake of us being spread out. So, <laughs> so Lauren, where'd you um, finalize yourself? I'm still with Take Me Out with How I Learned to Drive at number two, and then for Color Girls at number three. Again, I really want to, I really want to pick for Color Girls, but I, I'm very hesitant, and I just think Take Me Out is super duper strong right now. I think, I think it's gonna go all the way at this current moment, but it's, it's a tough category. Honestly, mm-hmm. none of these plays winning would surprise me. Well, maybe American Buffalo a little bit, even that wouldn't surprise me given the fantastic things i've heard about it let's move on to a much easier revival category lauren who are you picking for best revival of musical again we always go from a really tough one to a really (laughs) simple one and again i'm sticking to my theme with company i think they reimagined that musical and made it fresh and made it different and made it really cool i love the direction i love the acting i love the scenic design of it I would be shocked if Company did not win this category. Yeah, this is a gimme. This mm-hmm. is a gimme category. This is the center square of the bingo board. Like, yep. mm-hmm. The the best runner-up is Closed. Music Man is Divisive. It's Company. It's Company. Yep. So it'll be one of those Tony Award-winning shows that has won Best Musical and then Best Revival twice, much like Lacage. Mm-hmm. It's a beloved show. It will continue to win Tonys as long as it gets brought back to Broadway. But never a Tony for Bobby. <laughs> yes, exactly. But never a Tony never. never. I really do wonder if Rosalie Craig had come over with the production, <laughs> if she would have at least gotten nominated. She won the Olivier. We'll never know. Of course, it would only feel <laughs> right for Nicole to talk about best play. <sighs> Nicole. Best play. Here we go. <laughs> I mean, she's been talking about it this entire she's time. She's been so. talking right. the whole so night the about plays. <laughs> this entire time, I've been saying over and over what essentially already amounted to my prediction in this category, 
which is that I am predicting that the Layman trilogy will take it. I have the minutes, maybe, question mark, as my runner-up. Could also see an argument for any of the other ones as a runner-up. Is anyone not predicting the Layman trilogy? I'm predicting it. I am also predicting it. Yep. Cool. So. Its only competition would have been the minutes, but this is the only nomination the minutes got. Exactly. If the minutes got one other nomination, I'd say maybe, but it got no other ones. And then Clive's and Skeleton Crew are closed. Hangman is McDonough. He's divisive. The only thing going against Lemon Trilogy is it is also closed. Last time a closed show won Best Play was Coast of Utopia in 2007. But similar to Coast yeah. of Utopia, Lemon Trilogy was an event play. Yep. It was, you have to see it. It's a epic, gargantuan piece of historical text. It's like really obvious, right? Yeah. It's Lemon Trilogy. On to the last category of the night. Happy okay. Pride Month. <laughs> Happy Pride Month. You have the honor of talking about Best Musical. What do you think? We all know what this is going to. It's going to Michael Schwartz's favorite musical, Mr. Saturday Night. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. Love We're you, Michael. All <laughs> there is part of me that is seriously considering saying that six could upset solely based on how popular it is i do think it's the runner-up like i think it's if my anything else yeah. is, if anything else was going to win i do think it would be six exactly we have it winning costumes <laughs> that would just be very very weird if it won best musical and like one tech so i can't in good conscience predict that it's a strange loop and i will be so incredibly happy for that show when it wins the thing about best musical is it rarely is a surprise frankly it rarely is an upset the last time it was anything close to a race was the fun home american paris year and then the last time it was a a surprise was avenue q maybe (laughs) i mean maybe spam a lot maybe maybe but even that like when it happened it was like well duh yeah so it's rarely tricky to predict this category and in a year where the best musical winner would feel so correct and exciting Mm -hmm. and like a vote of confidence in the future as a strange loop it's hard to predict anything but it And again, another example of Broadway bringing diversity to the great white way. Not not to be anticlimactic, but I think the final category of the night is really that simple. Does anybody have any arguments for anything else? The only thing that could sway me would be like on the night of if a bunch of the other awards started going to six, Mm -hmm. then I might do like a last minute change. Unless that happens, I really don't see it being anything other than that. Yeah. I mean, this isn't even like, for example, like Matilda Kinky Boots year where we're predicting that like they could split book and score. Like it's not really a two horse race. It feels honestly like obviously in a very different way, but sort of like the Hamilton year. We we knew going into this. No, yeah. I, you know what this is? It is this is once versus newsies. Mm-hmm. You have the big popular selling yeah. musical theater fan show versus the more critically acclaimed, quietly groundbreaking show. Oh, yeah, we're trying to make scenarios up for how six can win, even though we're <laughs> so aware of what's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> 
that's the way it goes. That's gonna be the Tony Awards. It'll be a great best musical winner. Just because yeah. it's predictable doesn't mean it'll be bad. Like, yeah, we're, I'm not against it. I no. Yeah, I think we're just like solely because it it's so locked off that we're like, but maybe something yeah, no, could happen. We like, <laughs> like, we like to find the right. other route. And yeah, I mean, like that's gonna win. Much like Hamilton, which I called before the previous Tony Awards uh, even yeah. happened. Once this show announced its Broadway transfer, it was like, okay, cool, congrats on winning three Tony Awards mm-hmm. <laughs> just for that press release. Like it was just going to happen because the show is that strong and that good. And when it's that good, you know, quality wins out. All right. So I think that's going to do it here at Next Best Theater. Let's go around and say where everyone can find you. Let's start with Nicole. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at Nicole Ackman 16. And I am super looking forward to the Tonys. And I can't wait to react to the wins with all of you guys. Dan, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at Dance and Dan on Film. And yes, I will be live tweeting the Tonys. So follow me. Yep, definitely keep an eye on I all will, of our Twitters. <laughs> I will hopefully be live tweeting. I may also have a puppy that I'm getting on that day. So, uh, tweets may be interspersed with puppy photos, which actually is even more of a reason to follow what me. What is an eventful so. June 12th? Yeah, don't say that was a bad thing, Nicole. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Nicole, come on. Puppy as each of the Best Musical and Best Play nominees. If, if people want, I will show Baby Theo's reaction to every Tony win. Oh my God. Uh, yes, please. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to get him in there early. <laughs> He's going to be an Ackman. All right. So, yeah, like Nicole said, follow our, all our Twitters for live tweeting and or puppy photos. And we will absolutely <laughs> be back for a reactions episode after the Tony Awards. So keep an eye on your feed. You can find me on Twitter, Letterboxd, and Instagram at CodyMonster91. And Lauren, where can they find you? And then uh, take us out. You guys can find me on the Twitter at Lauren Lamango. And you've been listening to the Next Best Theater Podcast, part of the Next Best Picture Podcast umbrella. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to us anywhere you subscribe to podcasts. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and support. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, we will see you all next time. Watch them in unforgettable adventures, love affairs, and tragedies. Now it's time to hear their own remarkable stories. From the makers of Death of a Rockstar and Death of a Sports Star, this is Death of a Film Star. Starring Heath Ledger, Marilyn Monroe, Chadwick Boseman, Robin Williams, Carrie Fisher, and Bruce Lee. Search for Death of a Film Star in your podcast app. You've seen them tell stories. Now it's time to tell theirs.